everybody and welcome to Nintendo Week for the end of week of May 27th to June 2nd. <clears throat> I'm your host, Colin McIsaac, and as always, I'm joined by Alex Plant. I'm a squid. And Ben Moreau. I'm a kid. <laughs> My god, there is a ton of news this week. Uh, in addition to what would normally be a really big week for Nintendo news, we also got two Nintendo Directs. One for North America and one for Japan. There's a lot of differing content. So what we're going to do this week is we're flipping around the podcast. We're going to talk about the news after we have our discussion segment. And the discussion this week is going to be breaking down all the stuff that we got from the Nintendo Direct. Uh, and that said, let's get started with some Nintendo Direct news. On Sunday, Japan got a Nintendo Direct. And then on Monday morning, Nintendo of America uploaded their own totally unannounced. They called it a Nintendo Direct Micro. They had Bill Trinan walk out all tiny, trying to lift pencils and things. It was your typical Nintendo fun. Yeah, so uh, wasn't Bill Trinan fired? <laughs> uh, what is he doing announcing things? They may be paying him with food instead of money now. Uh, I guess he didn't translate anything, so... See, this Nintendo Direct takes place earlier in the timeline than the previous one. Well, this isn't the Trinan downfall timeline. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so, the Nintendo Direct started off with a new Chibi Robo game called Ziplash. It's the first full-fledged Chibi Robo game in a while, and the first one to come to the West since 2007. But it's not a successor in the way that you might think. It's a 2D platformer starring Chibi Robo, and instead of doing chores and solving people's problems, you'll be running around, whipping enemies with your plug, solving puzzles that way, using it like a grappling hook. It's cute and creative. It looks kind of like a blend of Yoshi's Island, Shantae, and Earthworm Jim, but obviously, you know, with environments that fit the Chibi Robo world. In addition, there is a super cute Chibi Robo amiibo that you can get if you buy the game at retail. Using that in-game will give Chibi Robo superpowers like a ton of health, super speed, and extra long plug. So that is coming to North America this October. So uh, this is not one of the ones I included in my shameful Nintendo games you haven't played, just because I'd honestly forgotten about it. But I have actually never played a Chibi Robo game either. Neither have I. Oh my god, they're so good. Well, the first one's super, super good. First one's super good. I haven't played any of the others because they looked kind of terrible. Um, I don't know my thoughts on this one. It looks creative and fun, but I don't know. It depends on, like, the footage we saw. I feel like it depends on how early footage that is. You know what I mean? It does look a little clunky. I'm getting still. a very indie game vibe from it, which isn't necessarily yeah. bad because indie games can be good. But from Nintendo, uh, with all the indie games that they already have on the eShop, I would have expected more. Is indie just code for, like, low budget and rushed in this context? <laughs> low budget. I mean, and, and you can... T there's a there's a certain brand that most indie 2D platformers have. And it's not that they're bad. Again, it's that they're... There's certainly no competitor to Super Mario Brothers, for example. Uh, they're, right. they're, they aim at a very different kind of uh, challenge. Anyway. Mm -hmm. Well, I've got to say, it is very smart of them to make the Amiibo only available if you buy the game at retail. Because I'm willing to bet that a lot more people are going to want that Chibi Robo Amiibo than the actual Ziplash game. So it's a really clever way to increase demand for what would otherwise be a pretty low-selling title. Now all they have to do is make enough of them, which will almost certainly not happen, but in theory it's good. Yeah, so I guess the question is, does this mean that a physical copy of Chibi Robo uh, Ziplash is going to be really hard to find? Hopefully not. <laughs> well, I imagine they'll do, because they said it was going to be like a bundle deal, so I imagine they'll they'll sell copies of the game without the Amiibo too. Right, but I mean, what I'm saying though is, like, I think a lot more people are going to want the Amiibo than are going to want the actual game. So if the Amiibo's yeah. sold out, then nobody's going to be buying the game, but if the Amiibo still in stock 
then people are still going to be buying the game. Right. No, I understand your point, but I'm saying to to Alex's point. No, you're totally true. You're totally right. It adds value to the amiibo. It adds value to the game. Uh, it's people like bundles too. It's yeah. it's just a win win. I think. Yeah. Also, that amiibo is adorable. Oh my god. Especially, I love Chibi Robo on the GameCube. So even if Ziplash, even if I don't like Ziplash, I cannot wait to have that amiibo. Uh, Chibi Robo for Smash. I wanted Chibi Robo in Smash. Seriously, it's got the amiibo already. I mean, I'm not at all surprised that he didn't. Yeah. That he wasn't playable. Yeah. Next time, <laughs> we've got a new Dr. Mario game coming to 3DS called Dr. Mario Miracle Cure. There's some new touchscreen mechanics, a Dr. Luigi mode using those L-shaped pills. There's a competitive multiplayer mode with kooky power-up effects. There's online features and a new mechanic called Miracle Cure, which unleashes a bunch of new effects on the game. That's coming to the Nintendo 3DS eShop on June 11th, and you can pre-purchase it right now, although for Japan, it's already available. It looks pretty good, but I'm just gonna go ahead and stick with Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine forever and ever. (laughs) I actually, you know, I skipped Dr. Luigi because I had the WiiWare version of Dr. Mario, which, and, and that's basically the same except for with the L-shaped mode. Yeah, the, Dr. Luigi was totally just a complete gimmick. Yeah, but I might go for this because it's handheld and I don't have Dr. Mario on a handheld and my wife and I are like really competitive at Dr. Mario. So this will mm-hmm. get me, this will get me to play Dr. Luigi. Well, also this game, I think this is the, I feel like this is the first like big new moment for Dr. Mario as a game. I feel like any of the other versions that they've introduced have just the changes have been so negligible that it's not worth even really getting interested in them. It's just a different system on which to play the same core Dr. Mario game. But for the first time with these new mechanics, I feel like it's actually the gameplay is evolving. Yeah. And so I feel like this is the first time where I'm actually going to check out a a new Dr. Mario game. And I think bundling Dr. Luigi with it as like a new mode and these new mechanics and stuff. I think those are all really smart ideas to keep the gameplay of Dr. Mario interesting, but keep it the core Dr. Mario game that people love. I feel like it's the first time that they've taken a big step like that for Dr. Mario. And so while it's not going to be like a revolutionary game, I at least appreciate that they're making these changes to something that was for so long the exact same thing. Yeah. Uh, Part of me wonders if you know, since they're adding Dr. Luigi to this one, I I wonder if they'll bring over the Miracle Cure stuff in some update for Dr. Luigi, because it seems weird that the 3DS game would be more feature-packed than the Wii U game, given that Wii U is the premium console, you know? Yeah, maybe. I think I think they would make a new Dr. Mario game for Wii U if they're going to do that. I feel like Dr. Luigi was its own its own thing. Ah, Oh, well, by that, you really just mean Wii U is going to get snubbed because there's no way it's going to get a, another Dr. Mario game. Yeah, well, honestly, yeah. No, I'm, I agree with that. Yeah. We also have some new information on Pokemon Super Mystery Dungeon. It is a totally new Mystery Dungeon game featuring all 720 Pokemon. No wonder they're calling it Super. Uh, one thing I noticed that they kind of just dropped in there was that you can actually choose what Pokemon you play as and what Pokemon your partner is, whereas older games based it on a little personality survey. Pokemon Super Mystery Dungeon launches on September 17th in Japan, this winter in North America, and it's actually already available for pre-order on Best Buy and Amazon. Ta-da! <laughs> well, something I noticed, Bill Trennan calls it the ultimate version of the Mystery Dungeon series, and from what we can see in the direct, the game's setup seems to be remarkably similar to the first two games. So that's that's pretty interesting. I think uh, I don't really have much to say about it, but I, I noticed it and it was neat. Yeah, it kind of but... confirms your theory from the last mm-hmm. podcast. Oh, I'm a genius. I know. <laughs> Nintendo also announced Mario and Sonic at the Rio 2016 Olympic Games. Did anyone want this? Um, 
if they couldn't get a Wii Sports game to matter on Wii U, there's really no reason why the sort of licensed sports game that isn't as good as Wii Sports would be worthwhile either. I will say, historically, the Mario and Sonic games have actually sold quite well. Not as much this generation as like some of the, the earlier ones, but uh, you're looking at uh, almost 8 million for the first one, and then 5 million for the Winter Olympic Games. Um, another... 5 million on Wii and DS. But on Wii, so. 5 million is pretty low. Well, not for a not for a licensed game like this. Not for a licensed game, no, but I mean, I feel like it's something that they should have killed off like Right. Well, Wii. this this is something that they can produce pretty cheaply and pretty quickly with, you yeah. know, very very little resources devoted and it's it's probably going to sell a couple million units. A couple million. I don't know. Smash Bros um, can only sell 3 million. Like this is looking at 700,000. I at think best. maybe maybe a million between both versions, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, that's Anyway, the the latest in the Mario and Sonic series features rugby and golf as new additions since those sports are going to be included in the actual 2016 Olympics. And soccer because of Brazil. Um, rugby and golf are exclusive to the Wii U and 3DS versions, respectively. There are also some new characters, including Nabbit, Diddy Kong, that purple boss guy from Sonic Lost World. Uh, no release date was given, but I'm willing to bet they'll say more about it at E3. I'm just surprised they're acknowledging that Sonic Lost World exists in you right? know, another game. I mean, it was already in Smash, and that was kind of surprising. Yeah, uh, honestly, like I thought they'd go more to classic Sonic. Uh, I mean, I know it's, like it was Sonic on Wii Adventure U. Yeah, yeah, but but that game is just it's just not worth it. <laughs> I just I have nothing to feel for these Mario and Sonic games except for just the most profound apathy that a human being could ever possibly experience. Yeah, I, I downloaded uh, the demo for the last one on 3DS. Yeah. Played it for like 15 minutes and it wasn't for me. Yeah, this would make a good free to play, but. Mm-hmm. But no, not a box retail. I will say it's odd that they're including golf and soccer since those are two big areas that the Mario uh, sports games touch upon. So it does kind of feel like they're creeping in on the dedicated Mario sports games. And none of those have been on Wii U yet, which is very sad. Yeah. Huh. I could use a Strikers. Well, we do know Next Level Games is working on something. Let's see. Anyway, uh, the Nintendo Direct also had some big news about the free DLC for Splatoon that's available now. But by the time you're listening to this, you've probably already downloaded and experienced that. And actually, it goes hand in hand with some rumors we heard earlier in the week, so we'll talk about that all at once later um, in the news segment. Nintendo also announced the Western release of Art Academy Atelier. It's been renamed Art Academy Home Studio for the West. Presumably because we're too dumb to understand French. Yeah, I like to think it was because, like, they specifically heard our struggle on our podcast. Yes. This is how Nintendo <laughs> makes business decisions. They listen to Nintendo Week. The struggle was real. <laughs> oh, but uh, either way, Home Studio is a successor to Art Academy Sketchpad, which was a great application for art lessons and a great platform for creating digital art. People have made some really amazing stuff with it. It has a ton of new features, including the ability to upload a time lapse of your painting directly to YouTube. So if you're interested in artistry, you might want to consider getting Art Academy Home Studio when it launches in the Wii U eShop on June 25th. Just like Dr. Mario, Art Academy is also available now for pre-purchase. Home Studio also is compatible with Amiibo. We don't know what Amiibo or in what capacity, but we saw the eShop listing listed as compatible with Amiibo. I kind of feel like it'll be compatible with almost all of them, and you scan it and it'll just give you like a template, like a quick little, I don't know if it'll be an art lesson, but at least like a sketch pad for you to paint over like a coloring of, like, book sort of character. thing perhaps yeah 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 that, i think that's pretty likely when you when you mentioned that that was the first thing that popped in my head too nintendo also released the first trailer for the wii u exclusive game from bandai namco called project treasure which they revealed a while back uh there's never before seen gameplay footage and more details coming later this year 
It's only a minute long, so there's not much we can tell from it just yet, but it looks like there's a neat blend of like hack and slash with mission-based dungeon exploration where your goal is to find and loot treasure. So that's pretty neat. I think it's something to keep an eye on. Yeah, I think it's interesting that, you know, this is coming to Wii U at all because, you know, I, I don't know that Wii U is really that healthy of a platform, obviously, in terms of an install base and that it would really, uh, you know, necessarily cater to a hack and slash kind of audience. But Bandai Namco's had such a close relationship with Nintendo recently that that's probably why they chose it as the platform. Mm-hmm. Also, you know, I can't really see this standing toe-to-toe with all the uh, mature games on Xbox and PlayStation Yeah, right they now. may be hoping it can carve out a niche on Wii U where there's not as much competition for the, the style. That's a good yeah, point. Yeah, the, the Bayonetta audience, yeah. basically. Uh, Trinan also revealed that one of the games the contestants of the Nintendo World Championships should prepare for is the original Legend of Zelda for NES. How exactly they'll compete, we don't know. Maybe speedruns or lowest death counts or something. Either way, it's the first game that we know will be playable at the actual tournament itself. Uh, my wish would be Death Mountain speedruns because that would be fun to watch. But... For the final dungeon? Yeah, but I get the feeling the format's going to be too compressed for that and it'll be like the first dungeon or something. <laughs> Yeah, but we'll be. see. Well, I mean, they could use they could use like reset restore points. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll see. It's a, I think it's a good choice uh, because the the skill ceiling is there, whereas it isn't on more modern Zelda games. Right. So it'll be it'll it'll be good to watch too. It'll be a good spectator mm-hmm. event. Nintendo revealed a brand new 3DS game called LBX Little Battlers Experience. It's apparently made to supplement an anime on Nicktoons and a series of toys based on the show. I don't know if any of you listening have heard of it before, um, but it's coming to 3DS. It launches around the same time as the second season of the show. But I will say, it does look better than your average licensed game. Yeah, that was kind of my thought on it, too. Like, at first, I yeah. saw it pop up and, you know, heard them say, you know, it comes along with this anime and it's going to launch to coincide with Season 2 of the anime. And I was thinking... Right, you know, I don't know that it looks like a great game, right. but it looks certainly There's, like there's a, lot of, a lot of detail than, and customization, yeah. which, you know, you yeah. don't really get with a lot of your licensed right, shovelware. Right, right. But there's a local battle arena multiplayer with up to six people, which is pretty neat. Um... We don't know much about it, but it seems to be more of a guest spot in the direct than a title that Nintendo's actually really invested in promoting. But that comes out on August 21st, if you're interested. Trinan pointed out that after clearing the main quest in Puzzles and Dragons Super Mario Edition, you will unlock eight more worlds to beat, much like you do in 3D Land, as well as a slew of new playable characters like Rosalina, Bowser Jr., and more. Meanwhile, in Puzzles and Dragons Z, which comes on the same game cart if you buy it at retail, you will unlock a second whole continent to explore. And they've got a whole system plan for distributing extra monsters and more content um, online. So, a remark about the unlocking eight more worlds. Uh, I don't know how closely you guys looked at the, how the, they appeared, but it looked like they were, you know, the same old rehash the eight worlds you've already played. Yeah, I didn't experience. look super closely, but I felt like that was probably going to be... Like, the moment they revealed, here are eight more worlds, I was like, oh god, why didn't I expect that? Like, yeah. I, um, I should have assumed that was the case. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd love for them to, to move on and, and stop remixing the same things over and over again. So, so listen to this, Nintendo. If you're going to add more worlds, at least make them unique worlds, please. Otherwise, you might as well just have an extra, like, difficulty setting or something. You sound so distraught. It's, it's like one of my cry. biggest pet peeves about the latest Mario games is their extra yeah, no, content I'm, I'm is you. just the same thing I just did except for at night or something like that. Yeah, no, I, I am with and you. I, and I love it, but, but you know, I, I used to feel like it's not that special extra anymore. worlds were actually extra worlds. Tubular. Tubular, <laughs> yeah. Gnarly. Yeah, you got it. Finally, they announced that Bravely Second End Layer is coming west. They revealed a little bit of information on the story and the premise, but nothing super spectacular. Just some nice gameplay and cutscene footage mostly, but you can still check that out if you're interested. Um, I guess it's you know, just more confirmation that uh, 3DS is the console 
or console handheld for rpgs yeah jrpgs classic style jrpgs let's let's just clarify yeah you get a few on vita too but most of them don't end up getting localized whereas i think nintendo's done a pretty good job at working with uh japanese publishers to bring their games to the west recently which is something that awada said was going to be a priority Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Although I will say, I will not consider it the go-to place for JRPGs until we get Golden Sun 3DS. I'm still salty about not that. Not Mother 3? <laughs> well, okay. I mean, Mother 3 is not coming. To, it's coming to Wii U. That yeah, I believe. that's probably true. I have faith. But Golden Sun 3D, yeah, I'm still need to happen. that they've abandoned that series. Yeah, I mean, they ended the last game on a cliffhanger and everything. Yeah. Anyway, enough blood, sweat, and tears. Or just tears. Mostly tears. So that's all the news that came from Nintendo of America's Direct, but before we head to the break, there are a few more things that came specifically from Nintendo of Japan's. There are two more Monster Hunter games coming to Japan. The first is a 3DS game called Monster Hunter X, which appears to be the next major installment in the core Monster Hunter series. It's going to feature flashier combat and new special weapons and super actions. So that comes out this winter. There's no word so far on a Western release. I'll say uh, this seems to show a trend with Capcom where they're trying to take Monster Hunter and make it more mainstream because, you know, they also recently announced Monster Hunter Stories, which is a traditional RPG. And now this one is still the, you know, typical Monster Hunter style, but they're making the the combat, you know, faster, more action-paced, more flashy. So I think, you know, they finally got into the place where Monster Hunter starting to get popular in the West, and it's at the most popular it's ever been in Japan. So now they're they're trying to, you know, branch out even more and see how they can bring in a more casual audience that has looked at previous Monster Hunter games maybe and said, that's too technical for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I I certainly, I tried to play Monster Hunter a while back. I just could not get into it. There was too much of an ability gap. So maybe I'll check more out in the future. But the second Monster Hunter game, though, which also appears to be a Japan exclusive for now, is a 3DS remake of the 2010 PSP game. Now, let's see if I can get this right. It's called Monster Hunter Poka Poka Eru Village. Close. Close? (laughs) Do do you know how it's actually pronounced? Iro Iro. Village. Ah, okay. Iro Village. I'm just thinking Avatar. Now. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, it stars the, uh, the it stars the cat-like felines from the Monster Hunter series in a cute little game that's not super unlike Animal Crossing, but you can like dress them up in little clothes and make them go fishing and stuff. It's super cute. Um, but the 3DS remake features Nintendo-themed costumes, and it just looks adorable so let's hope that it comes to the west i wouldn't hold my breath on neither that. would i but I can still cross my fingers you know i think x could i think they said something about monster hunter 4 doing surprisingly well oh, x definitely will but not the oh, yeah. no not, not poka, 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 Uncle yeah, yeah I don't, well i don't know they tomodachi life did surprisingly well games in that style are are starting to break out in the west so it's possible yeah it's um, possible but but is it sad that I heard that there was going to be a Nintendo uh, Japan Direct, and I immediately thought, oh wait, they're going to announce a Monster Hunter game. <laughs> no, I'm I'm kind of surprised that I didn't expect. Well, it that. seems like they announce about <laughs> six new Monster Hunter games a year now. So yeah, yeah. and uh, <laughs> I mean we've had four just in the last like three or four months, haven't we? Yeah, between these two Monster Hunter stories, and yeah. wasn't there like Monster Hunter like Chronicles e- or Explorer something like or something like that Explorers. on mobile platforms? Japan is also getting three more Wii games on the Wii U eShop. The original Super Mario Galaxy is available now, Punch-Out! is coming in June, and Trauma Team is coming in July. So it's odd to me that Nintendo is supplying so many Wii games on the Virtual Console in other territories, like they're getting Pandora's Tower, DKC Returns, Kirby's Epic Yarn, Sin and Punishment, and then Nintendo of America, almost half a year ago, was just like, here's three games, peace out forever. (laughs) Yeah, like... 
I think this is a good template that Japan's getting, which is release a, about a one Wii game every month. You know, maybe one N64 game every month, one DS game, one NES, Super NES game. Right, and it's not like it would be hard. I mean, the Wii, especially the Wii games, it's literally just yeah. a ROM dump. Yeah, it's, it's not even emulated. Yeah, what I don't get about it is, now I don't know if this is entirely the same case for Nintendo, but... For Sony, for example, they were asked, you know, why are you rolling out, like, all these digital features and such in America before other regions? And they basically said American audiences just are more likely to consume digital content than other audiences, so we roll out stuff there first. So I I don't know if that's the same case with Nintendo, if they have a a healthier eShop in America than in Japan. But if if they do, then I really don't understand why they, they take so long to bring some of these games to America. Yeah, it's really odd. You would think, especially just given how easy it would be, that they would... I, I'm surprised that it's not even one game a month. I would expect like two two or three a month because of just how little it would cost them to do and how much potential they could have in like bringing, bringing more attention to these older games. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's not like they're making money on Kirby's Epic Yarn anymore, but if they released it digitally worldwide, they would. Yeah, and not only that, it helps them fill the, some of the gaps in the Wii U's lineup. Yeah, it's weird that they're not doing that because you'd, you'd think that they would want to fill those yeah. gaps. Yeah, I noticed that they tend to release legacy games when there's some kind of opportune moment where they can promote a newer game. Like Duck Hunt? Yeah, Duck Hunt. Well, I mean, Duck Hunt was the Smash Bros. Well, tie-in. Was, yeah, yeah, that's- they released the Donkey Kong Country trilogy to do a sale for Tropical Freeze, right? I feel like they did a sale for Tropical Freeze to promote the trilogy. I feel like the Donkey Kong Country trilogy coming back was big enough news in itself because, I mean, none of the headlines were saying there's a sale for Tropical Freeze. Also, you can get Donkey Kong Country now. All the headlines were saying, it's been four years. We can play Donkey Kong Country again. Well, I mean, yeah, of course. But they they, they tacked on a Tropical Freeze sale, and it was, like, around the one-year yeah, anniversary. No, so it's like they, they don't release games just because. They release games as, like, a marketing tool or as a as a sales driver for some other thing. Like, I don't get I don't get why they're not interested in just building out the catalog just for the sake of building out the catalog. Yeah. Well, I know they've talked in the past about how they think it's actually more profitable to have, like, a slow trickle of games onto the eShop because they feel if they put too many, then they'll have a hard time promoting any of them and they, they'll miss out on sales just because people won't realize that game's on the eShop. But, you know, I, I don't know. They must have some statistics to back that up, but I feel like they could definitely release at a faster rate that they are, even if that is the case. Well, yeah, I mean, they, they dropped, like I said, they dropped three six months ago and then just left. Yeah. I mean, that's certainly, that's one of the slowest paces I've ever seen. Yeah, surely they can be one high-profile game a month. Yeah. At least. There was also a new Japan exclusive section that highlighted a major new feature in Fire Emblem If called My Castle. Essentially, My Castle lets players create and curate their own little Fire Emblem village, where all the shops and the resting areas and stuff are consolidated as opposed to previous games where they're either spread out on a map or found through these in-game menus. This whole thing is like a radical expansion of the barrack systems found in Awakening. There's so much to do here, it's really unbelievable. If you're interested, I would suggest checking out uh, the video at Gamnesia. There's also one with English subtitles so you can better understand what's actually going on. But you can street pass to visit other people's kingdoms. You can even pet your characters like a Pokemon and me, but for humans. It's really weird and hilarious. It's like an official waifu simulator. One of the ones they showed off was like this huge hulking man who says, I'm honored to be directly touched by you. How long were you waiting to say waifu on this podcast? Longer than I should have been. (laughs) That's the only reason this is a discussion segment item, isn't it? No, I just, <laughs> no. I found it funny that it's, 
It is an official waifu. That is what it is. It's exactly. There's no other. There's no other way to describe it. That's a that's a genre too. Like so, it's a thing. Yeah. Um. I mean, I'm a little creeped out by the fact that that's actually getting in a Nintendo game. Yeah. But that aside, I mean, it's good that they're making all these sort of interaction sort of sequences more interactive. Because uh, it did feel like the barracks stuff was all automated in Awakening, and there was no real player participation. Well, a lot of the My Castle stuff is good that they're making it more interactive. The the wife was well, that could I be mean, less that's, that's weird. That's a, like, that's a kind of interaction them. that I might find a little weird, but some yeah, people are into that. It's so not... I mean, sure. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but no, I mean, it just it does it feels so unnatural because it's like it's like no one like pokes someone in the forehead and then brings their finger down their face and then is oh, speak for yourself and then is is flattered by that like that's well they are it doesn't feel like natural human interaction there that is like like i said that is a genre in japan and this game is very overtly japanese influenced yeah that's true even compared to fast fire animal games uh but still man waifu <laughs> and uh finally they revealed some new information about animal crossing Happy Home Designer, but uh, in particular, they revealed the pricing model. The game itself will cost $40, and then the cards that you need to play the game will come in packs of $3, uh, three random cards. So it's really more like buying trading cards than it is buying Amiibo, where you know what you're getting with the Ness box, if you can find Ness. <laughs> I don't know. How do you guys feel about that? I think it sucks. Yeah, <laughs> like... I thought for sure this would be a free-to-start game. Yeah, I thought they confirmed it, too, actually. That's, yeah, I thought I remembered hearing that and everything. Which, uh, I mean, it may, it may, in, like, this was exclusive content to the Japanese Direct, so it may be possible that it's $40 in Japan to start, but free to start here. That's possible, too, because I, I, re- I remember people thinking the Fire Emblem If business model would be kind of fishy in the West. Yeah, so and maybe so that's having the case a $40 here. game that you then need to buy randomized Amiibo cards to even yeah, play. Yeah, that's the part that really gets me is that, you know, A, you're locking, you know, crucial content behind Amiibo cards, and then B, they're well, randomized. The, the game well, is we Amiibo. Always, we always knew yeah. that this game was just an Amiibo scheme and really nothing more. Um, yeah, but it's also, a, it's also a packaged game scheme. Like, what? Right. Yeah, the fact that it's both is a little frustrating, especially since, you know, Nintendo has always said that, you know, a game should feel complete without DLC, but I know this isn't technically DLC, but when you have to buy random packs of cards and just hope you get the thing you need to play your game, that's right. That's pretty scammy yeah. to me. Yeah, these aren't these aren't extras, these are the the core of of the game. Well, our final bit of Nintendo Direct news, uh, we know that Iwata did not host this week's Direct, but he wanted to make it very clear that he is not retiring from hosting them. I'm sorry, Alex, I know that means your dream is shattered. Ah, um, he's not that bad. But yeah, I didn't really miss him that much. Sorry, Iwata. <laughs> so, uh, with all this said and done with the Nintendo Direct, does anyone have any overall thoughts or final comments about the Direct as a whole? Yeah, I have... One very positive comment and one very negative one. So, being who I am, I'll start with the negative one. And um, I, I just thought it was really weird how they released the Nintendo of America Direct with just no fanfare whatsoever. I mean, it usually frustrates me that they only announce them like 36 hours in advance. But this one, it's just, I wake up and, oh, what? what? There, there was a Nintendo yeah, I'm Direct? I completely what? second that. <laughs> I was kind of furious about yeah. that because we had nobody here like ready to cover it. We, I, I woke up and I was like, oh my god, this thing hit three hours mm-hmm. ago. Like, and we don't have anything up. Like, I, I was mad. I know I know that my perception is skewed because I imagine to fans that would be really exciting. Oh my god, we got a Nintendo Direct. 
Like, who would have thought? But, you know, just from, from our side of things, it was really right. frustrating. Well, and that affects yeah. the fans, too, just because if, if the media right, outlets we can't, can't get our news out as news official. Yeah. We can't... We... Yeah. But my uh, my positive note is I feel like it, them having this direct just two weeks before E3 and then basically being like, yes, this game's coming to America. Yes, this game's coming to America. We're going to introduce this small game, give you some details on this game. I feel like they're clearing a lot of small stuff out of the way in time for E3, which gives me hope that yeah. that means we're going to see some big announcements at E3 and that E3 won't... The, the Nintendo, whatever they call it, the not the direct. Digital but event. Yeah, the digital event. That, that will be almost entirely focused on you know, announcements for AAA games, for big important games, or for new games. Or for DLC for yeah. old games, like yeah. Smash Bros. Mario yeah. Kart. Yeah, I, that would be all right. Colin got there I mean, first. there's going to be Smash Bros. DLC announced. Uh, I, I honestly hope there's Mario Kart. That would be a really good surprise. Um, yeah. Even considering that it would be a DLC announcement at E3. Sky Garden, which... come on, Nintendo, you can do it. There's still time. <laughs> uh, also, yeah. Rainbow Cup. Also, Battle All eight Mario. Rainbow Roads. Battle but Man. anyway. Yeah, all, the rest that's of the Rainbow discussion. Roads. Uh, that was totally my thought when, when they announced the second pack. Anyway, yeah, yeah anyway. another discussion. No, I agree with you, Ben. Uh, definitely good that they're getting these small announcements out of the way. Yeah, uh, for sure. And, and in Japan, too, uh, there were actually, I would say, more major announcements, like like talk about Fire Emblem If and, and Monster Hunter. And all that stuff is good to get in this sort of away from E3 venue where they can focus on their yeah. big stuff. yeah. Awesome. Well, all right, everybody. Thus concludes our Nintendo Direct coverage. Stay tuned after the break because we are coming back with a ton of other Nintendo news from the last week. So stick around. Alright, hello everybody, welcome back to Nintendo Week. I am your host, Colin McIsaac, and as always, I'm joined by Alex Plant. Hey. And Ben LeMoreau. The one and only. So, we are here covering Nintendo news. Uh, like I said, at the beginning of the podcast, we're sort of flipping it around this week. Discussion section just happened. Now, here's our news segment. So, to kick things off, we'll start at the beginning of the week. Two really bad things happened in the UK this week. Uh, first, someone stole the entire truck full of Splatoon Amiibo from the UK retail chain Game. The truck contained every single Splatoon Amiibo that the entire retail chain was getting. Not just one store, the whole chain. So now there's a serious shortage of Splatoon Amiibo in the UK and a bunch of people aren't getting the Amiibo that they already ordered. And there's no guarantee that they will ever get them in the future. Uh, it's especially bad considering that there are 60 challenge levels in Splatoon that are only available if you can scan the Amiibo. So that's a significant portion of the game that a lot of UK players don't even have a chance at getting at anymore. Uh, meanwhile, the UK supermarket giant Asda has announced that they will stop selling all Nintendo products. They stopped selling Wii U consoles in 2013, but now they're pulling 3DS as well and the games for both systems. Unless you're thinking, all right, it's just one chain, it's not a huge deal. It kind of is a huge deal because Asda is effectively Walmart's UK branch. So that's Walmart. And they are the second largest retailer in the UK. Well, I will counter that by saying it's probably not that big of a deal just because last generation, Wii and DS, you know, they were, 
had such a large sort of, for lack of a better term, casual audience where you had people from all kinds of backgrounds buying it. So you had a lot of people that would pick it up at like a Walmart and stuff. There was a lot of marketing, you know, there was a lot of different people wanting it. Whereas with this generation, most people aren't going to go pick up a Nintendo game at a Walmart. Most people that know about Wii U and 3DS and care about Wii U and 3DS are probably going to go to a more specific retailer. And in the past, I believe Asda was one of the um, retailers that, like, multiple times slashed Wii U's price before Nintendo did an official price cut because of how terribly it was selling before they stopped selling it completely. So I don't think this is going to be a cause-and-effect situation where, you know, the Walmart UK essentially stopped selling Wii U and 3DS, and that hurts sales. I think it's the other way around. I think they weren't selling for there anyway so they finally just given up and said there's there's no point in keeping these on our shelves anymore fair enough yeah that's a good counter yeah I, and i think had they you know just now pulled wii u i think that'd be a little more noteworthy but they're pulling 3ds which honestly probably has already sunsetted in the uk anyway uh i don't see it being a gigantic hit for nintendo at this point uh the diehards who wanted a new 3ds probably yeah. already have one fair enough i i do think it's gonna hurt to some degree that they're not having wii u and 3ds on the retail shelves occupying space you know where where people are getting other things and saying oh here's this new video game system my kids might like that i'll think about getting it but i do think you guys make a good point i do think it'll hurt but more in the long run when it comes time for them to sell their next round of well yeah it's not gonna hurt like month to month sales i don't feel like yeah i think it it hurts it hurts the brand much more the brand yeah it hurts nintendo Nintendo because they're not they're not having that retail space anymore so it's and they'd have to fight to get it back at this right. point. Yeah. Jim Sterling of the Jimquisition has vowed to stop covering Amiibo and Amiibo content in-game for his reviews, his videos, etc. in protest of their insane shortages. In fact, it's the Splatoon situation that did him in. But because of their increasing presence as keys to unlock in-game content and their decreasing availability, Jim's basically saying, look, enough is enough. I'm not doing this anymore until you get your <laughs> together. I will not respect this endeavor until it respects its consumers. Um, And this kind of echoes earlier sentiments that we heard from Angry Joe, which we covered a while back on the podcast, that, you know, Nintendo, if you're not going to hold yourselves accountable for your mistakes, then we are. Until you start listening and responding to what's happening in the community, then we're not going to participate in raising awareness for your brands. So I think there's some some irony here in that I've had no problem finding Splatoon Amiibo. Well, right. Not the three pack. Jim Sterling lives in the UK. Oh, well, I mean, I mean, you can't really help the fact that the shipment was hijacked in the UK. No, no, it's for sure. The Splatoon one, I I actually commented on his video. Like it's because you can't really attribute that to Nintendo. But it is true that, you know, if these insane shortages hadn't happened in the first place, that truck wouldn't have been stolen by scalpers. Yeah, that's that's also true. Right. And what really pushed him over the edge is that more so than maybe some of the previous games, the Splatoon really do, the Splatoon Amiibos really do unlock a lot of content. So the shortage is a much bigger issue. Yeah, I mean, that's 60 levels. That's a significant yeah. amount of stuff for Splatoon. Yeah. That's, that's... I'll definitely agree. Um, I'm not very good with the chargers or the rollers, and yet the two chances you get to kind of challenge yourself to master them are locked behind Amiibo. So it's it would be a missed opportunity for me if I didn't have an Amiibo to get good with those weapons because it's 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 tough to pick them up on the fly online, but right. it, it's easy to pick them up in single player. Right. So the Wii U version of Project Cars is likely getting canceled due to some pretty serious development problems. The creators at Slightly Mad Studios have only been able to get the Wii U version working at 23 frames per second in 720p, which is pretty abysmal. Especially for a racing game. Yeah. Yeah. That's I mean that's unacceptable. 
But uh, for a bit of background on Project Cars, it was launched on Kickstarter a while back, and Wii U won the poll for uh, the console that backers would most like to see it launched on. And a lot of their funding that came in was because of the hope of getting it on Wii U. So naturally, after raising the money and all that, Nintendo fans are, you could say, slightly mad. The studio responded by saying that Wii U was always a maybe for the game, and that most of its funding came before Wii U was announced as a platform. But of course, a lot of it came in because people were pushing for Wii U. So there is this conflict, you know, that the creators are saying, look, we never promised anything. And the backers are saying, look, this is the only thing we wanted. Yeah. I mean, the writing's been on the wall for a long time. First, they cut uh, PS3. Wasn't it supposed to come out in 2012? Yeah. Well, yeah. First, yeah. it missed the, the <laughs> early launch date by a long shot, obviously. Three years. And second, they cut PS3 and Xbox 360 from the list of platforms. Which, you know, that's a pretty sure sign that they're aiming for higher specs. And Wii U is not able to pull PS4, Xbox One specs. So it, it was just going to happen. Yeah. Uh, you should have seen it coming if you didn't see it coming. It still sucks, though, because you're right. Wii U was one of the most talked about platforms for it when it was announced. Yeah, and this is just unfortunately a risk you take when you back a Kickstarter where there's not a developer that you necessarily trust to completely come through. Also, when you back a Kickstarter for a Wii U game. Yeah, that too. Ooh, them is fighting words. And it's not Shovel Knight or something, you know. Yeah. But as we know, free DLC is planned for Splatoon, and the first of it is already available. It includes a gun styled after the NES Zapper and a new stage called Port Mackerel, which brings the total stage count up to six. But before these were released, we also got a look at some of the stuff that's coming to Splatoon as a strategy guide which features the DLC content serviced online. It included both the NES Zapper and Port Mackerel, so we know that a lot of this, at least that stuff, is certainly true. Uh, but it also showed off a handful of other new stages and weapons. Most interestingly, the remaining three DLC stages that are currently planned are actually not unfamiliar. One of them, called Camp Triggerfish, has been seen in a lot of Splatoon trailers, and the other two, Bluefin Depot and Kelp Dome, are playable in various single-player levels. Yeah, so Port Mackerel can go explode in a giant... <laughs> giant pillar of ink i don't mind uh, port mackerel it's definitely I love it, not as good so as the other hard ones. it's a hard like uh, i wouldn't say it's not good it's just so hard to play it's so it's yeah challenges you know, you're right so good much is not, more it's and not, it's not the right word. that that's bad it's just that it pisses me off <laughs> well i feel like the design is a lot more simplistic than the other ones where there are like really i i feel like the other ones have very tactfully placed obstacles and pathways whereas this one is ridiculously there's, symmetrical every all the obstacles are in an array yeah that's true yeah it just uh, it feels some... like it took a lot less creativity to make than the other ones did which isn't necessarily a bad thing but i do think that the a lot of the other stages the the whole five stage setup originally revolved so much around quality over quantity and that's not to say that port mackerel is at all a bad stage but i feel like it doesn't quite meet the the bar that the other five do yeah i'd say the set pieces that are involved are not yeah. as creative i guess would be a good word I, I, I like i do like the stage like it's interesting to be able to jump across the shipping containers and get across yeah. to the other raised areas and that's that's all fun and it's also fun uh, to like sort of hide in mazes and try to like i mean not mazes but you know behind like all through those arrays of boxes and things and sort of trick your enemies and completely surprise them as to where you're going but uh, uh, and and run away behind the vehicles so your yeah. enemies have to struggle to follow you like there's some yeah. cool things that you can do strategically but yeah. yeah i agree with you design wise it's very uninspired platonic games has revealed a new group of characters for ukulele called the ghost riders ukulele's worlds are contained in books and before they died the ghost riders were the creators of these books 
So now they are doomed to haunt them forever. So you will have to collect them to earn a special reward, they say. So in that sense, they're effectively ukulele's version of the collectible Jinjos in Banjo-Kazooie. But there's also, of course, the whole clever pun about ghost writers and their ghosts. <laughs> yeah, I love every single thing about this reveal. Just every single thing. It's perfect. The director of several past Animal Crossing games has said it's, quote, difficult to answer when the series will arrive on Wii U. He did mention Happy Home Designer right after that, but his wording makes it hard to tell whether he was just saying, this is what we're working on, pay attention to this, or whether he was maybe hinting that Happy Home Designer will be compatible with an unannounced Animal Crossing Wii U game. Like, maybe, like, uploading the houses that you've made on the go into your village on Wii U. Yeah, I, I like that right after he said uh, it's difficult to answer, it, it says, yup, that's pretty much all we can say. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, it's kind of hard to say just because, you know, maybe if you were in the room with him, you could have read a little bit more. Um, you know, mm -hmm. I, I had the chance to interview Ijeon Numa at E3 last year, as, along with the producer and director of Hyrule Warriors, and there were times where I'd ask them questions, and you could just tell by their body language that they had something to say that they couldn't. And at one point, they even started to say something and then, like, backtracked and said, nope, never mind, you have to take that off the official record. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's hard to say, because, you know, the wording is interesting, and you kind of want to say, hey, maybe there is something, but unless you were in that room with them, you can't really say for sure. Right. Yeah, it, it does sound very much like code for... We're gonna announce something eventually, but not now. Right. But yeah, I don't. I don't know what that means. Like, yeah. Well, I don't. I don't want us to read too much into it. But um, if he said it's difficult to answer, maybe it's possible that even Nintendo is unsure of of how to bring the series to Wii U because we know that the games have been wildly successful on handhelds. Um, and when they brought it back to home consoles with City Folk, it just tanked. So it's possible that they're trying to drastically rework the formula so that it can work better as a home console game. But again, I mean, we don't know. Yeah. Well, I, I like what you said about reworking the formula for consoles because one of the things that I'd really like to see is a lot of benefit for playing with others on your same system because there's a lot of friction for me trying to play Animal Crossing with my wife because it's I have a downloadable version. And that means she has to play my 3DS to use it, and that makes it really hard for us to share stuff. So it, And New Leaf, correct me if I'm wrong, but New Leaf doesn't have that same... Uh, I know Wild World, you could save, like, four different villages, or... You, I think you get the one village on... Oh, really? But four different players? But I think you can have more... I haven't tried multiple files yet, but I think it's just the one village and possibly... Oh, this is New Leaf, New not Leaf. Wild World. New Leaf. Okay, okay. So I haven't been... I haven't had much incentive to try to play with her, because... How, what do they do if all four of them are the mayor? Yeah, I don't of, know what... I don't know what happens when you... Have another, what kind so of I oligarchy is that? I can't, I can't comment on that. Maybe there's Civil a maybe War. there's one. I, I I think you are moving to the village if you add another player. I don't know what that means exactly. Anyway, tangents. <laughs> if you really really want to use motion controls when playing with the pro controller in Splatoon's Battle Dojo, it turns out that you can. You have to strap a Wii remote to the pro or classic controller though. It's a weird and hilarious workaround for only the truly desperate. Why didn't they just have Wii remote and nunchuck controls? Yeah, like, that they <laughs> probably would be pretty achievable. Uh there are in fact enough buttons. I feel like maybe what happened was just the setup of having the two different like hand units, you know what I mean? Cuz there's the cord attaching them. I feel like maybe they thought that's just too much going on. Um if you're if you're trying to aim the Wii remote too, but Maybe. I mean, I think it would have been totally fine. Yeah, I mean, obviously they patched in, you know, Wii Remote motion, so it's not like the Wii Remote aiming part was the hurdle. Right. Uh, right. Yeah, I don't know. 
Uh, I mean, this I mean, also begs the question of why isn't there a gyroscope in the Pro Controller? Right, yeah, no, I, I actually, I was going to buy a Pro Controller because I, I assumed that there was gyro controls. And then at the last minute, I was like, I should just check to make sure that gyro controls work with the Pro Controller. And then I looked it up online and I found out that the Pro Controller doesn't even have them. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Nikkei, a fairly reliable source, recently reported that Nintendo's NX is going to run on an Android-based operating system. Nintendo quickly denied the resulting rumors, saying that there was no truth to the report, but that didn't stop people from speculating on yeah. the internet. Nintendo typically just gives sort of non-response, you know, the kind of we don't comment on speculation type things, but I feel like here that this is something big enough that they were worried that it, would, it could have a negative effect if the right people actually believed it, so... They step mm -hmm. forward pretty quick to squash it. Right. They have done this in the past, though, with other rumors. Uh, for example, both DSi XL and 3DS XL were rumored by Nikkei, and they denied it on both counts as purely speculation. This is a little bit of stronger of a de denial because they're saying there is no truth to the report, which yeah. is you know different than saying this is speculation. Yeah. But at the same time, it begs the question, are they just playing coy with us? Specifically in the case of 3DS XL, they, they said two things. They said um, there's false infor or wrong information in that report and that it's speculation. So they didn't technically say the report's wrong. They just said yeah. there's wrong things in it and they yeah. don't have any yeah. proof. Yeah, here they're saying there is no truth. Right. Like, right. There, and there's that's not, a, that's a distinction. none of it is correct. I personally hope it's not correct because... Yeah, Android, I don't think would be a good choice. I don't think it would be good for Nintendo's design philosophies. And no. And they obviously no. can't license iOS, so that will, that leaves them with probably creating their own OS again. Which, yeah. you know, if, if they've got the right software mindset, it, it could work out fine. But Android, I think, right. would just be a disaster. And just a few months ago, Iwata, when addressing investors, said, in the past, we've always had to start fresh with new architect architecture from NES to Super NES to N64 to GameCube. But he said, you know, since GameCube, we haven't had to do that. And we don't plan for our next console to be identical to Wii U, but we plan for its architecture to be able to absorb Wii U. So that just doesn't seem like it could possibly Which be the case. Which hopefully is not super close to the direction they go, because we already know a lot of the reason that third-party developers aren't making games for wii u is because the architecture is so radically different from its competitors right they can't easily port games from you know the playstation and xbox consoles to wii u because it's just such a radically dis different system to develop for and in the report um it said more or less that nintendo was going to switch to android because they wanted to attract third-party developers uh, but i don't know that that would really attract too many like that would AAA attract mobile developers. developers. Exactly. And, that and would indie attract, developers, maybe. That would attract small it, potatoes. That would not right, really... It wouldn't get EA and Ubisoft on board. And maybe that's not what they want at this phase. Who knows? Uh, it should be. It should be. No, I, I totally agree. But, you know, they seem to they seem to be riding on indies and, and, you know, with the whole Nintendo web framework, with Unity, that's been their push. It hasn't been getting these big publishers on board. So, I but... You well, know, they I can't agree get with the you big that publishers they... on board for Wii U. They no, can try to no. do it for the later consoles, but and not for know. 3DS either, because no Western publisher wants to publish on a handheld. Right. But, uh, you know, I, I I agree with you. I hope they change that, and I hope they find a good way to satisfy everyone. Smash Bros is getting a new costume for Me Fighters. It's KK Slider from Animal Crossing, and he will be a costume for Me Gunners. Yes, Gunners. We don't know anything else about that at the moment, but it's probably safe to say that it'll be included in the next costume bundle, and it's probably safe to say that they'll have more info about the upcoming Smash DLC at E3. 
And for our final story, there has been a ton of big, completely unexpected Mega Man news today. Uh, yesterday, again, if you're listening to this as the day it comes out. If. If. First, Man of Action, the studio behind Ben 10, is working on a Mega Man TV show to launch on Cartoon Network in 2017, just in time for Mega Man's 30th anniversary. Meanwhile, Capcom has recently hired a new producer dedicated specifically to the Mega Man series, and as I'm sure you can tell, they wouldn't need to hire a producer unless they were actually working on Mega Man games. So, mm-hmm. And finally, the owner of Rockman Corner, one of the leading Mega Man fan sites, has tweeted, quote, There's a lot more going on than what's been reported. All I can say now, there's a number of multimedia projects in the works. So clearly something huge is going on, because we've got a number of multimedia projects, a new TZV series, at least one game, all approaching Mega Man's 30th anniversary. So assuming these projects actually turn out well? <laughs> I mean, wow. This is this is the revival that Mega Man fans have been waiting for. How pissed is uh, Kiji Inafune right now? Really, really pissed. <laughs> and I could totally see them looking at the success of the Mighty Number no. 9 Kickstarter and being like, oh, I guess people really do like Mega Man. Yeah. Uh uh, and how fortuitous that we just did a segment on Mega Man in the last podcast. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I was, <laughs> I was thinking when I was when I saw this happening, I was like, oh my god, Capcom knew. It's like a rain dance. They listen to us too. I know. God, we're, we're just we're we're making everything happen here. Yeah, we just need to keep doing discussion segments on things we want. And yeah, they'll just magically mother appear. Three, mother three, mother three, <laughs> we'll mother just three. mention yeah, mention Mother Three forever. Yeah, no, I mean it's really exciting. I mean, I hope that it turns out as well as it as fans dream it will we'll we'll wait and see but we don't really have any more information than what we you know sort of just revealed i hope they give it the fanfare it deserves because it seems like yeah. that's been that's been a symptom behind a lot of the the troubles mega man's had in recent years is you know the mega man sequels were you know these little downloadable games and it seems like it's time for mm -hmm. mega man to return to the world of premium box retail i don't you know think, yeah. uh, that's just now that 3DS has a larger install base that we could possibly see the return of Mega Man Legends 3? Maybe, and hopefully that's what the producer is hired for. I mean, I, I saw almost all the comments on that story we reported on at Gamnesia. Almost all of them were saying, God, I hope it's Mega Man Legends 3. <laughs> so there's clearly something to that. At the same time, though, if they were having trouble figuring out what to do with the brand before, I think it would be best for them not to focus on all the sub-brands. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we this is exactly what we talked about in the discussion last week. Yeah. I think most likely it's going to be a reboot. Um, yeah. Like, going back to the classic gameplay, maybe, you know, we saw Mighty Number no. 9 infusing a couple of elements of, like, dashing and, and some close combat things from other Mega Man games that weren't the main classic series. So modern, but classic. Right, right. Yeah. So I feel like that's going to be the direction if they ultimately go. Um even if Nintendo's not making it. Although I would love that Amiibo support we talked about. I mean, I, f I feel like one of the big questions, I guess, is what, how they're going to distribute it. Because I feel like, I feel like it won't see, if, if it's a multi-platform game, I feel like it will sell better on Wii U than it will even on PS4 or Xbox One, even with the drastically different install bases that those consoles have. I'd like to think that if they're making a TV show, that it's become a big enough property for them for them to make a non like a not game that isn't just digitally distributed for once yeah well i mean i think i think it is it's gonna be the 30th anniversary um you need to have that in-store presence and you just don't get that with digital games right so i think that's a lock i think probably multi-platform is a lock yeah 
just because that's the nature of third-party development today. And I do think, I agree that you're probably right that it'll probably sell best on Wii U. I mean, the Sonic games uh, that came out last generation, most of the best-selling ones were on Wii, Wii, even though they were mostly exclusives. Like, So it's it's possible to do well with a game that's in the right genre and attacks the right audience on a Nintendo platform. Right. You just have to kind of... And Mega Man's audience is largely on Nintendo platform. Right, exactly. Which is the same reason Microsoft should do that with Banjo-Kazooie. Yeah. Watch that come true, too. <laughs> Banjo in Smash. Oh, that would be nice. At least. At least Banjo in Smash. At least. That's not happening, I don't think. E3 2015? I Come wish. on. I wish. Yeah. yeah. I wish. I agree. And as always, to conclude the news segment of this week's show, we are bringing you a lightning round with little nuggets of information. We switched up the segment, so I'm going to switch it up. The dates are coming after the lightning round after this, so buckle up. Huge amount of news. First, we got a review copy of Splatoon, and it was one of the most fun games in years. 9 out of 10, if you really want to know whether you should get Splatoon. The answer is yes, but you can also check out the review if you want to see why. 7.8, too much ink. A fan has created a playable 2D top-down version of Splatoon. Nintendo now has an official Snapchat account. Yes, you heard that correctly. Itagaki says Devil's Third is different from other war games because it has a theme of peace. Nintendo tried to get the humble Nindy Bumble- Jesus. It's available globally. <laughs> I hate this name. Um, Gunman Clive, Runner 2, and Sports Ball have all been added to the humble Nindy Bundle. So, I tried so hard to say that right. Colin, so, are you crying? No, I'm just- I'm like on the brink of laughing, but I'm trying to keep it together. Um, so if you were waiting for something more to tip you over the edge, it's now an incredible value at $10. I can do it. Okay. The true story behind Final Fantasy's name has been revealed. The long-standing myth that it was supposed to be Square's final game has been debunked. Luigi wins by doing absolutely nothing has come to Smash Wii U. There's a new video showing Luigi beating a bunch of level 9 CPUs who are just acting like idiots while Luigi just stands there. It's great, it's hilarious. Check it out if you like the Luigi Win series. Japan is getting a pearl white new Nintendo 3DS XL. No word on whether that's coming to any other territories. The Lucina Amiibo sold out in about 15 seconds on Amazon, which is insane. But Nintendo will be restocking six rare Amiibo in Japan this month and a ton more in Australia and New Zealand. Incidentally, both restocks include Lucina. A mobile game is being ported to the original Game Boy. Smashified shows us how Splatoon's Inkling characters would look in Super Smash Bros. Yes. Yes, it's very good. Very good art. We got a batch of new screenshots and artwork for the adorable Yoshi's Woolly World. Bloodstained, the spiritual successor to Castlevania, has hit $3 million on Kickstarter, which smashes its Wii U stretch goal. Additionally, the man who voiced Alucard may return to work on Bloodstained, and Bloodstained will also run on Unreal Engine 4, even on Wii U, which thus far has not supported it. Fire Emblem If has won Famitsu's poll for the most wanted upcoming video game, although due to some oddities in how they count the votes, technically Persona 5 should be in the lead, Fire Emblem should be second, but... The two kingdoms in Fire Emblem If draw from Japanese culture and Western culture respectively. That also means that the unit classes that are available in each version will differ from game to game. So in the White Kingdom Hoshido, for example, you will have samurais available, while in the Black Kingdom you'll have knights and cavaliers, etc. Famitsu has also run a story about the skills and backstories for several Fire Emblem If characters. The Mario series 30th anniversary site has opened a new history section and it has the perfect amount of space to fit two more games on its rightmost column. 
right down to the exact pixel count. Whether this is a hint of what's to come is totally up in the air, but we will keep you in the know if we learn more. The 30th anniversary Mario site also hides an 8-bit Mario in its source code. A fan project has turned Rainbow Road into a level in Super Mario 64, and it's not just a dump of the Mario Kart stage, it's a brand new level inspired by all the various incarnations of Rainbow Road. It's really great work, so you can check that out if you're interested. Nintendo is trying to bring Axiom Verge, a huge critical success inspired by Metroid, to Nintendo platforms. If they succeed, I highly recommend you guys play this game. Uh, it's probably blasphemy to say this, but it's it's probably my favorite like 2D Metroid-style game, like more so than Super Metroid or Metroid Fusion. R more than Fusion? Yep. This is news to me from Ben Lamoureux. I wow. loved it. <laughs> um, Start to finish. Well, that's a strong recommendation. Unused code suggests that Smash Bros. for Wii U was supposed to have a YouTube upload feature, not unlike Mario Kart 8. And finally, the Pokemon Amiibo can be used in Yoshi's Woolly World, it turns out. However, they will not unlock patterns based on Pokemon, they will unlock other costumes. So if you're interested in any of those stories, uh, checking out any of those cool fan bits that we talked about, you can be sure to check them out at Gamnesia.com. Um, find this week's podcast post and you'll find a huge list of all that news that we talked about and you'll be able to get it right there. So then finally, we've got some upcoming dates to look out for. So be sure you mark them on your calendar if you're interested. Splatoon's first round of DLC is available now. We don't know when more is coming. A Pokemon store will be open in LA from June 6th to July 5th. June 9th is the final day that you will be able to buy the Humble Nindy Bundle. Yes. So be sure to check it out soon if you're interested. Dr. Mario Miracle Cure comes out on June 11th, and it's available for pre-purchase now. Art Academy Home Studio launches on the Wii U eShop in, on June 25th, and it's also available for pre-purchase now. It launches in Europe on June 26th. The Bowser Jr., Dr. Mario, and Aldemar Amiibo launch in Europe on July 17th, and in Japan on July 30th. No word yet on the American release. LBX Little Battlers Experience launches on Nintendo 3DS on August 21st. Chibi Robo Ziplash comes to the United States this October, Europe in November, and sometime in the fall for Japan. Pokemon Super Mystery Dungeon comes out September 17th in Japan and this winter in the U.S. I believe that's everything. Woo. I hope that's everything. Wow, that was so much news to get through, but I think we made it. So, everybody, thank you so much for listening. This is the Endo Nintendo week for today. If you like this podcast, please subscribe to us on iTunes or subscribe to us on YouTube at Gamnesia TV for bite-sized discussions from the show. And please head to iTunes to leave us a review. It really helps with visibility, so we greatly appreciate it, especially if you have good things to say instead of bad ones. If you have feedback for Nintendo Week, please send it to colin at gamnesia.com. That's C-O-L-I-N at gamnesia.com. And remember to send in your questions about Nintendo, about our show. We love engaging with you guys, and we read them and talk about them here on the show, so it is a great way to get involved. Again, that's Colin at Gamnesia.com. And if you can't wait till next week for more of our stuff, you can head to Gamnesia.com to see more gaming news as it happens. We've got Sony, Microsoft, Indie, you name it, and even more Nintendo news that we didn't have the time to discuss on this week's show. And again, that's coming out every single day as the news happens, instead of building up and releasing on the Wednesdays. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope that you have another great week.
Blue? Yeah, we didn't have any bloopers this week. 